podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Antonsen. Today's guest on the show, this has been a long time coming, the return of Adam Bennett. I was hoping to get to fly the Viper before Adam came on, and that looks like it's a week or two away right now. But our schedule's lined up, so we decided to send it, and it's a good one. We dive deeply into the build and design process uh, that Adam had with Cliffy, the unifoil uh, head designer, legend in the sport, guy who I think revolutionized where foil design was over the last uh, few years. He, so far ahead of his time, the Vortex 150, the Hyper 190, I mean, these wings hold up today against three years of design on top of what he did. And you could look down the line at everybody who ripped him off and yeah, it's a testament to what he's capable of. And from what I am hearing from folks besides Adam, the Vipers are incredible as well. I've got a buddy towing on them right now in Costa Rica, riding the 130. Says it's his for the season. That's what he's going to dial in for the season. And you look at what Adam's doing on them, and they're just insane as well. So it's been a it's been a long time to get Adam back on the show. Stoked that he did it, and I think that you'll uh, you'll really appreciate it. Lots of technical discussion about stance and um, setup, uh, all the spots around where he is, how COVID it has affected foiling in Australia. So a lot of meat there. I have also been trying to hold releasing this podcast until I could get some solid feels on the Takuma 1095. And it's just been flat here for the last week. It came about a week ago. I've had three sessions on it for a total of about eight runs. First feels are fantastic. I think that whatever they have tapped into there with that dihedral and the high aspect, um, it's it's quite good. The efficiency is unreal. The way that it rolls, I mean, if you just were like blindfolded when you walked out into the water and you didn't know what was underneath you, you would never decide that was a high aspect foil. But I haven't ridden it in anything over knee high, gutless knee high at this point. You know, maybe the first day I was on it was a thigh high, but pretty uh pretty meager surf so reserving official judgment until i get it in better surf but it looks like we're going to have that for the next couple days so uh, stay tuned on the instagram i'm going to try to get some clips if uh if that lines up um i think we're just going to dive into the show here you guys thanks for all the uh, questions comments feedback i appreciate it and enjoy the show with adam bennett Thanks for coming back on the show, man. How are you? Eric, my man, I am great. Um, just currently driving around uh, with my baby in the back, so she stays asleep. Um, you know, t- juggling parenthood with two kids is definitely harder than one, so time management is important. <laughs> yeah, one plus one is not two. I remember that, man. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. um, well, let me start. Going? Uh, good, super good. Uh, but let me start this by saying, I have thoroughly enjoyed 
the last few months of being able to bounce testing and gear off of you. And it has been incredibly helpful in my learning process. And just wanted to say that uh, to get this started, just like you're, you're an absolute resource of information. And I love how you dial things and test things and, and are as yeah, you know, like, like yeah. I hundred percent. I wouldn't have got that one seventy eight Kajira tail if you can tell me to. <laughs> I'm frothing on that thing again right now. I wrote it on the the twelve ten yesterday. It just had such a good session. I love that tail. Yeah, yeah, it's so good for um. It's I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, for downwinding, and um also on the wingding too. I put it on the um the one seventy Viper the other day, and um yeah, it felt really good because it's so stable and has a ton of lift. So good for the wingding and good for downwinding for, for me anyway. Yeah. It, yeah. We'll get into a lot of that technical stuff down the line in the show, but, but let's start off with, yeah. it's been at least a year since you've been on and you've been designing and testing and just crushing it. Like your edits are, you know, the best there are. What have you learned in the last year? How has the sport unfolded? in your mind? Um, well, I've learned that, um, that you need to ride. Don't ever like ride off anything because of the way it looks. That's probably the main, the one of the main things that I've learned, um, in terms of like what you think you can ride because of its size or yeah, mainly, I guess mainly because of its size. Um, because the, the way, yeah, just the way that all the designers are, um, you know, what, what they're doing now and with all their different foil profiles and just making it all, yeah, it's just crazy with like how small of the foils that we can ride now, um, compared to say, I guess a year ago, even like, or, or, you know, 18 months ago, um, it's been, that's probably the, the, the biggest thing I've learned is to just to yeah, ride as much gear as you can and don't ever think you can't ride something because it looks, cause you, you know, you gotta ride it. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember early on in my foiling journey when I got the 1250 MFC and you were on that yeah. foil and I was like, there's no yeah. way I'm going to be able to surf this. Like this is so small for me. I, and now my biggest yeah. win is a 1210. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How funny is that? Eh? That is so <laughs> funny. That's so true though. It's crazy. Like, how yeah how just everything's just rapidly developing and even like you know um that clip that nathan put out of that signature um 100 mm -hmm. uh game changer like even you know even that like like and he's and he's able to uh, pump it i mean i know he only weighs like probably like 50 kilos but it's like i don't know the 100 square inches that what is that that's like 600 it's tiny 600 square centimeters like you, you thought a 1250 square centimeters was too small he's running something that's half the size of that <laughs> right that's just nuts that's crazy <laughs> you know i also think and this is something that shouldn't be lost on anyone listening that riding smaller gear is a function of being better and not bobbling and not 100 yeah you have to keep your speed up but once you get to, to a certain level you can keep your yeah. speed up and then that unlocks a whole different game uh, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Once you learn how to, um, yeah, I guess, use the energy that you need to into, um, you know, using the energy um, 
or like just I guess just like maximizing energy with with minimizing effort I guess you know right right um for sure and keeping speed and and gaining speed through turns yeah exactly and knowing where to turn like on the wave um to yeah to maximize that energy that wave energy um even you can even like do it when you you know you're riding a small wing but if you you're turning in the right spot you can turn at a slow speed and be able to you know not not stall i guess because that's the problem with small wings is stalling basically right right um so in the meantime over this last year you have yep. developed the most elusive foil in the whole industry <laughs> the one that everybody knows about and is frothing to get on, but no one has tested it. Uh, um, let's talk about that design process. Cause that's something that I'm, I'm so excited about, like the ability to be able to conceptualize and then to work with Cliffy as well. Cause Cliffy's a legend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, what was um, that? Yeah, I guess. What's that? Sorry. I was going to say, what was that like? How, how did it come about? And then what was that process like? And don't give away the secret sauce, yeah. obviously, but I'm sure there's some macro themes we can talk about. Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, and it's just like, it's just like any, anyone who, you know, has gotten to a level of foiling where they've got multiple wings in their quiver, you know, they have a surf wing for surfing and they have a, a high aspect wing or a bigger wing for, for just pumping around small days or downwinding or whatever. Um, yeah, I guess I just like everyone who gets to that level or that point in their foiling journey, they just want something that does a bit of both or like, you know, tries to do as much of the surfingness and then as much of the pump, you know, efficiency and pumping around, um, to get from point A to B with as little effort as possible. So I just, yeah, I, I sort of sat, you know, I was literally talking to Cliffy like, for probably a few months, like I reckon probably six months, I was talking to him every day, um, giving him feedback and going over things. Um, I mean, it took so long to design because he's in South Africa. So um, he would, you know, we, we came up with the original concept and then um, he he makes the molds like in his little factory there, just like out of, they're just wood molds. So they take like about, they probably take about a week or so to make by the time he like cuts them up, like he CNC's the mold and then, you know, lays it up another day for, um, you know, letting it cure overnight, another day for trimming it down, another day for sanding it, whatever. So it takes like a bit of time and, you know, there was multiple versions of each, each size and, and, uh, you know, just trying to fine tune all. So it like, it's actually weird because I, I first got, the first proto like a year ago and i just only realized that the other day and i'm like wow i've been writing this like design for a year and it's still not out yet <laughs> well i mean like it's you know it's like it's getting made right now and, that, and then like a, you know a part of that was um unifor moving their whole production line to from china to australia um and then a big part of that was sydney where where it's all getting made um you know, they've been in lockdown for like four months. So they literally haven't been able to go into the factory. Like it's for all non-essential businesses. It, you, like they couldn't even go in, you know, it's like a, it's illegal or whatever to go into the factory. So like they're just like the uni guys are just pulling their, their hair out. Like, going like <laughs> you know, they, 
they should, they would have had it ready like two or three months ago, but they've, yeah, it's like just taking so long because of, they haven't been able to actually operate and, 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 you know, do all the, like sample all the protos and, and they were trying, you know, they were, they were getting one out here and there and whatever and trying to test it. But, you know, when, when you can't go to work and the factory's not operating, it's, there's not much you can do really unless you're doing it at home, but they don't have the equipment to do that. And yeah. So, um, yeah. So the whole process was really fun. Um, you know, like Cl- Cliffy obviously knows all the technical aspects of it all and, foil sections and and he obviously knows what does what and uh and i have an idea of what does what in terms of you know wider span um flatter you know flatter profile um will you know give you more efficiency more of a rolled profile will turn turn better um you know dropping the tips a little bit etc etc um so yeah we, he just sort of came out with an initial i kind of told him what i wanted and we sort of went off a, a rough sort of um you know surface area and we started with the 150 and, and uh, yeah, did a couple of iterations of that. And once we sort of got the 150 dialed in, um, we then sort of scaled it up and did, well, yeah, scaled it up first and then scaled it down to the, the 130. Um, so we had sort of four, four versions and yeah, just, it just the time it just took so long because he, you know, takes Cliffy a week or two to make it. And then it takes like two or three weeks to ship it from South Africa and then takes me however long, you know, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks to ride, you know, to really ride it and test it properly every day. And then if we need to change anything, <laughs> that starts the process again, you know, for each model, uh, for each, sorry, for each size. So it was a pretty drawn out process. And, and then obviously like I'm posting it on socials and, you know, everyone's stoked to get it, like, you know, keen to get one and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it just like took so long to do. So, I mean, if, if I would have been in South Africa, probably could have done it in like a month if I just could have sat down with Cliffy and just, you know, done it. But yeah, we couldn't leave Australia. We were just trapped in, in uh, you know, through the whole pandemic. So I guess that's sort of the whole process, but it was really, really cool working with Cliffy and um, I really enjoyed it. And, and, you know, he gave me a lot of creative sort of, control and in a sense that like you know what the things that he understands about the um the whole actual design and how how like you know theoretically what should work you know so I, I would write it and go oh that doesn't actually feel how I want it to feel and so you know that's where the sort of the different versions of each size came about because I wanted to um you know change something I'm like can we drop the tips can we make it thinner I want it to be faster um Etc. Etc. So, <laughs> probably learning curve for him too. In a sense, he probably learned stuff that he maybe didn't expect because you know I was tell I was giving him like right like you know real time real world field feedback in, in a sort of a higher mm-hmm. a higher level of performance or whatever. So um, yeah, so it was like kind of it just took ages, but it was really fun to do and yeah, excited for everyone to actually ride them. <laughs> When, when they come out, they, they shouldn't be too far away. I dare say, you know, a couple more weeks and they should, should start shipping them all. So, yeah, they've got, they've got all the molds there and they're just kind of making them now, I think, in Sydney, now that Sydney's open. I've heard some optimistic uh, rumors that maybe I get to test one pretty soon. I'm pretty frothy yeah. about that. Um, yeah, 100%. So one of the cool things about that process is that 
I don't know how many other foils have been designed and tested as thoroughly as the Viper coming out. Um, and especially when you think about the fact that Cliffy, you know, is obviously an incredible designer and you are an incredible surfer. And then having that communication back and forth, it, uh, I don't know how that, that process with other brands and if it's gone that deep, spent that much time yeah. and the refinement. And I'm really excited to see that and, and what it actually feels I mean, like. You well, know, I, go ahead. I, I hope it actually lives up to everyone's expectations because <laughs> it feels, feels great for me, but um, yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> I was, I'm I was sure joking. Looks I, like, yeah. I was joking the other day with someone and I was like, I hope it's, you know, cause I'm so frothy and I was like, I hope it's not like one of those things where you see like, um, what is it? Stab in the dark where you see like Dane Reynolds rides some board that like no one should be able to oh, ride yeah. and he just rips at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope it's not like that. I'm sure it's no, not. I mean, the, the, good, the, good, the good thing is like, we've got, we've got a, um, a good, you know, um, cohort of, of guys around here that, you know, there's a really good gang of foilers around here. So I'm out on the ski testing with, you know, guys of different abilities and different weights and whatnot. And, and all the feedback from them, has been really positive um, in the sense that it's it's a it's a really stable a stable foil. Um, it's you know fast and it and it um yeah it's just sort of a really really nice overall feeling um, foil and it, and you can you know you can turn it great. It, it pumps enough to get you from you know A to B um, easily, even like down to the, the smaller. Um, smaller sizes they'll get you you know at least a couple of waves um you know uh, like what is what is brian calling double dipping or whatever yeah <laughs> um how did you pick what you were going to optimize for so so there's always going to be some trade-off right like the the 1125 armstrong probably the yeah. most efficient pumping foil i've ever i've ever ridden not going to turn very good and then you go down to like the 725 you know, I'm just using yeah. Armstrong right now. It, it, so there's always yeah, trade-offs. I mean, How are you 100%. deciding? What did you optimize for with the Viper? Yeah, so I tried to. Um, so I tried to. Uh, basically, I wanted. Yeah, I wanted it to do as much all round as possible. So I that like I it was it was the first iterations were relatively pretty flat, like kind of like the hypers. Um, and I, I wanted it to roll a bit better. So I had him drop, drop the tips, like roll the tips slightly, um, which made it roll better. So we, you kind of lost a little bit of your efficiency through that. But for me, I guess the most important thing for me was to be able for it to surf good. Um, and, and, and be able, and then like, obviously just to be able to connect, like I wanted to be able to connect, up to the next wave without using too much energy. But I, I kind of want to, my, my ideal focus was that it, I wanted to like roll good and surf good, but be stable. Um, so that was kind of, I guess, where I really focused on is, is making sure it surfed well. And um, yeah, so that's sort of, I guess, if you want a surfy foil that pumps, you know, it's not probably not going to pump as good as, um, I mean, I don't know, something like the Takuma or something, but um, it's going to surf a lot better than that. But it's going to, it's enough to get you, you know, you still right. pump 50 to 100 meters out to the next one. Yeah. Um, with the rolled tips, 
uh, do you have any ventilation issues on, on breaching it? I don't see it from your videos, but most foils yeah. that have rolled tips don't like to ventilate too much. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I say rolled tips, I don't mean like in the sense where Armstrong's like 1250 HS, like that roll, I mean more so like the whole wing is rolled, like okay. it's kind of like it's, it's dropped from like sort of the center of the, you know, but not from the fuselage, but if you got the, the left side of the wing, like from the fuselage to the wing tip, mm-hmm. like halfway along, halfway along that, if you sort of started really dropping it from halfway along, so it was like half the wing, yeah. Um, was rolled, if you know what I mean. At a, at a, it's only slight. It's only ever so slight. But, yeah, no, there's no ventilation issues because of that because it's relatively straight. Um, it's just more like a, yeah, it's not like a really sharp um, roll like the Armstrong's. It's just a, a slight roll. But it definitely, definitely made it, um, yeah, definitely made it roll um, a lot better. And, um, and and I guess what was good, really good through the whole process was, um, you know, as as we're going through the process, um, I think like the game changes came out. The H the twelve fifty HS came out like earlier on this year. Um, so I was able to kind of like ride those and um, and compare them as well. Like so, yeah, just to sort of like I wanted to make them at least as fast as all of those, um, but then I wanted to make them surf better. So I don't know. It was like kind of really cool to like ride those wings and get, get a feeling of what everyone was feeling and then try and sort of improve on that, I guess. Love it. You know, one of the things that I have noticed in most foils that, um, as you scale up or down from whatever the, the size that has been designed initially is yeah. that generally the profile starts to get a little bit thick in the upper ranges for bigger guys. And then the wings start to get a little bit slower. Did you yeah. play with different, you know, thicknesses of profile? as you scale yeah. up such where it's still going to be I, fast for a, for a bigger wing. I actually did. Um, I, so, and, and I actually made, I made the one thirty thicker. Um, like interesting. Well, not, not, not thicker, but like as thick as, um, I'm pretty sure it's, it's almost as thick as the, like cliff cliffy has this like ratio that <clears throat> this is one of the things that we were, that I mentioned before when we were talking about, um, like what he, he might've learned something, but he has like some ratio where he, um, divide, like he has the, either the surface area or the, the thickness divided by something. And it gives like a, um, by a certain percentage. And then it gives you like a, a sort of an optimum thickness of the foil for the size. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we were going, you know, like we were just going back and forth with measurements and I was like, oh, I actually want to make the, because he's like, oh, if we do the 130, it'll be, you know, this thin. And I'm like, oh, I feel like that's going to be way too thin and it's going to have way too much of a high stall speed. Um, so I made him, yeah, so I asked him to um, sort of make it as thick as the 150. So because, like, it's 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 20 square inches smaller, so it's going to be faster, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because lo- it doesn't have as much area. It's a smaller wing. So, yeah, so that was kind of... Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to scale up too much, um, in a sense that, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it, obviously you go up bigger in size and it does get slower, but it's, it's only like a, it's like a mill, you know, one to 1.5 millimeters between the whole sort of, you know, as you go up each size. So it's, it's not, yeah, it's not like where you'd scale it and then it just ends up with this giant thick, like slow foil by the time you get to the 190, like the 190 is still pretty, you know, still pretty fast. So, but, but it's weird because, when I, 
like for me, the 190 would be good for like yeah, your bigger guys. But if you sort of could talk about surface areas and, and sort of um, maneuverabilities and whatnot, uh, sorry, and, and like pumping and, and that kind of stuff, like for me and a couple of guys that I've given goes of, like when compared, it, it, the 170 seems to kind of pump about the same as the 1250, but it's, you know, 20, 25 square inches less mm-hmm. surface area. Um, so it kind of, yeah, it's a really interesting how, you know, and, that, and that's what it comes back to what I was saying before about riding stuff that you think you won't be able to ride. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of guys who say have ridden the 1250, they're going to be like, oh, I want to get the 190 because that's the same surface area, you know. Um, so it should be like the same sort of, you know, it should be uniform version of the 1250. Um, but like, like a lot, you know, you can ride a, you can easily ride a, if you're say like 80 kilos or um, like I'm, I'm 80 kilos and if you, yeah, if you're in my weight range, um, so, you know, say 75 to 80 kilos, I don't know what that is in pounds. You're about 80 kilos, aren't you now? That's yeah, about what we say. 180. I'm, I'm like yeah. 180, 182 right now, putting on winter yeah, weight, so, trying. Yeah. But um, if you're in within my um, range, you could easily ride, the 170 um and even you know for me i go between the 170 and the 150 and i'm 80 kilos um so yeah it just sort of i think um and i know it's hard if you like you've never you you know it's hard you kind of when if you go to buy one it's like you just buy what you sort of think would be good but if you can try and yeah if you can try and write like borrow one or have a go on one it's like it's really surprising um when you yeah when you sort of it's like you know, 20, you think, oh, that's way too small, but then you can, you can ride it and it's fine. And it's, it's like, if you don't, if you don't try it, you don't know. So 80 kilos is 176 pounds. So yeah, we're, we're pretty similar okay. in, in weight yeah, right okay, now. Cool. Um, the, when I'm looking at the Vipers and I'm, I'm looking at your surfing right now, um, and how your style has evolved over the last couple of years, you know, like it looks like you've gone mm. a little bit more to an offset stance and I have too a little yeah. bit, um, yeah. has, has that 100%. been, yeah. Can you talk about that? That's something that Mike Pedigo and I have been talking a whole lot about lately. Yeah. And, uh, what, like, are you, what are your thoughts and feels on it? Yeah. So I've, um, I've like really noticed that a lot, um, and I've noticed it a lot. The reason I've noticed it a lot is because, um, like, I've actually the the reason I've noticed it the most is because the when I when I've been borrowing like got, like some of the guys' wing boards around here, um, but a lot of them are like riding really wide stances, you know, with the with their because so, mainly so because they've got their straps set up in their board. So I like borrow their boards. Like when I was trying to get this board. Um, dialed in from Amos, this new wing board I got, um, you know, I was borrowing guys' boards and whatever and, and playing with like, and just trying to like figure out what I wanted. And, um, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of guys are having like super wide stances and, and having their back foot strap, um, like way far back, like almost behind the mast. Um, and I guess, I guess that's just like the way people ride, but for me, it was like annoying because I could never, like I was always too far, like the way I've stand, like the way I stand now and that that's involved is I'm, I'm almost like offset, but almost like in a snowboard stance where there's sort of, 
it's the same, like my front foot is about the same distance from the nose as my back foot is from the tail. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost standing in the middle of the board, um, but then offset. And it's definitely, it's like, it, you know, evolved so much from when I first started. Like I used to have my foot, um, you know, almost on the back tail kick and, and I was kind of trying to almost surf it, you know, like a surfboard. Um, but I, I find that, I don't know, like I feel like you can really, if you offset your stance, um, it, it's, it's really beneficial through, like through your calves because um, you, your shoulders are twisted. So you actually can like look back more when you're going through your calves. So you can, you know, I find it a lot easier to do like a big roundhouse and then I've got so much time to look over my shoulder because um, I don't have to twist as much because, um, you know, my, my, my shoulders are already kind of twisted facing almost to the front. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it a lot easier to yeah, really like roundhouse and then hit the, hit the foam or whatever. It's, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I actually don't know why I, I, that's happened, but it's just over the last couple of years, it's like fully changed where, yeah, my back foot is slightly over to the right. Like I'm, I'm regular, like natural. My back foot is, like my toes are almost on the edge of the rail on the right, like in the, on the toe side. And then my, but it's pretty, it's pretty, um, uh, what's the word? Not parallel, but, um, uh, adjacent. Is it like, you know, like pretty straight, like across the board, mm-hmm. um, like a normal, like a normal surf stance. And then my front foot is like twisted heaps on like almost like a 45 degree angle. Um, and, and it's right over on the, on the left-hand side, of, you know, on, on my front foot. So yeah, I've yeah. definitely got an offset, like twisted, body sort of like like twisted shoulder sort of stance i guess um i've started playing with that a little bit more and my buddy mike is he's pretty offset at this point and he's been riding 1210 the takuma 1210 for a long time and i've kind of been playing with a lot of smaller surf wings and i spent a lot of time uh, over the last few months on like the lift 150 and my stance has stayed pretty close to the stringer um and then okay. I went back to the 1210 a little bit and started going, and it's actually shifted a little bit more offset over the last bit. And then going back to the 1210 to get the feels that I wanted out of it. If I went more offset, I had so much more leverage over the rail that you can crank yeah, turns yeah. a little bit harder. Yeah. But then where, where it really bothers me is in hitting foam because I can't push on my back heel as much. So I've actually started like I'm surfing more offset and also I've all, yeah. I found myself more in the middle of my board as well. I'm trying to get the mast yeah. forward. I'm getting my feet forward and it's just like a cruisier feeling to yeah. me to carve better. Um, yeah, but then I when, agree, yeah. when I go to bash, I tend to slide my feet right before the turn. I slide my feet back on the stringer a little bit on bigger wind yeah. wings, especially cause I'm more offset. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes it, sense for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool how the, that's evolving. It's like one of the many things that we're going to look back and, well, you know, 10 yeah, years and, and I feel like I, I feel like that's um, that exactly what you just explained because I I definitely um, notice that too. Like if I'm riding like the 130 Viper or like a smaller surfier wing, <clears throat> you can yeah you tend to not be as offset because because it's rolling a lot quicker, so it's right. it's like responsive, you know. So I think the reason maybe that you um, you know like, and I've been riding Vipers now for a year, so they're they're they're, they're still real surfy, but they're not like a surf wing, you know, they're not like, they're not like a vortex, like a 150 vortex or, a um, you know, like a, um, 
like a, like a signature stealth where it's got the dihedral and it's super rolly. Like, um, so I think that comes back to like what you said, the stance, you get, you get more leverage because your foot's actually already on the, you know, the side, like the, the heel side of the board. So when you push down, it's, you're not, you're not, you're actually pushing your whole foot down, not just your heel. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of, like you said, you're getting more leverage through your turns. Um, I guess that's probably the, the, the way I'm sort of looking at it. Um, but then when you are on a surf wing, like a real surfy wing, then you can, you can be a bit more centered because you can just go heel to toe and it's like, it'll, it'll respond super quick. Yep. Um, does that make sense? It does. The, the first time that I actually consciously did it, we were doing a shore runner and it was, you know, mm-hmm couple mile run and my back calf was just burning out. And so yeah. I started moving my, my toes over just to, to make it easier to push down. And, and it actually really alleviated a lot of that pressure. It was amazing how much less I had to push on that rail when I moved oh, my okay. foot over a few inches. And I was like, Oh, wow, there's a lot more leverage just from you, a couple inches. You, my back you moved, foot, yeah. it over, you moved it over to the right. Is that what you mean? Yep. Yep. And yeah, then, you yeah, know, yeah, it's so yeah. much less pressure on the calf, which, you know, you're just pushing a lot less hard. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was pretty, it yeah. was a pretty cool feel. No, that's super interesting. Um, yeah. So what, what we, what we, so we're just going with that, with the off, oh, the offset, the stance and the offset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, back to, yeah. So that's kind of what I've found. Um, and that, and that's why I was, I was actually having a hard time with the winding because I just wanted to stand the same way I stand on my prone board. Um, and I was borrowing all these guys boards and they would, the, the straps were all in the wrong spot. And, um, and I was just sort of, it was just frustrating because I'd have to be, I'd have to be like forward on the board, like kind of where I wanted to stand to, to sort of balance the board out, especially when you're getting down in volume. And then, and then as soon as like, but that, but then I'd have to like shuffle back to get it to come up on foil. And then I'd have to stay back to get it. To, so it wouldn't nosedive because it was in my, for my feeling or like for what I like, like I, I like a lot of front foot pressure. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of pushback on the front foot. And so it was kind of, it just felt so unnatural. And, and so when I designed this wing board with, with Amos, I, made, I had him put the boxes forward like three inches or something than what he normally does. And, um, and I had him, yeah, set, set the straps up. Like I, my, I measured my stance and it's about four, it's like 440, I think it was, or 450, um, millimeters apart from center to center. And then I, I checked with a lot of the other guys and a lot of the other guys are like 550 or 560. So it's like pretty big difference in, you know, stance width. Mm-hmm. So, so I had like, and then once I, like I got on that board, like the other day for the first time, I was like, oh, this feels so good and so easy. Um, and then, yeah, so it's kind of like one of those things where, yeah, you just got to, I guess it's, everyone's got different stances and different, you know, things and, and you you kind of have to, yeah, make it your own, I guess. Like I, I had all these different strap, like so many strap points put into the board and, um, just to like, so I could move the straps around heaps. Like I had three of those little strap, um, what do they call like the countersink things where you, you know, screw your things in. Yeah. Well, there goes my baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's, an, and that's another thing that I've found with, um, with, with like, well, like we were talking about before where, you know, you said you move around, um, a lot 
you know, cha- you know, even just when you go to bash your foam, you you adjust your um your feet to be more centered. Um, that's why I reckon a lot of the um like it's it's like straps are just so like limiting, like in in terms of you know your feet are in this, in just one spot. And for me, I, I I move my feet around so much, exactly like we just spoke about. Yeah, and it's just, it's just sort of yeah, it's just like it's kind of I don't know, I don't know how. Yeah, it would just limit just limits me so much. So I, I just can't really ride straps um, unless I'm sort of like winging or something where um, it's kind of help helps the ollie the board up under foil. I think strapped is almost a different sport prone at this point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, part of what I love so much about what I I do and, you know, what you're doing is I like moving my feet around. I like being able to get different feels for different sections and turns. Totally. And I think it's like a very cool nuanced game. I like riding like mid-length surfboards for the same reason. I think it's really fun to like play those, like the games in the game. Um, well, that, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's like almost like I think you did a post a little while ago, and you said they and had different getting different feels. And you there was that one clip where you kind of almost put your feet like next to each other yeah. and kind of just did like a high line. And you know, it's kind of like that. Yeah, I guess it's just like that sort of mid length feel if you if you want it, you know. And and um, if you got sort of oh yeah, I think you're right. It's just strapped and not unstrapped is like two completely different things. Like. And and I, I guess a lot of the strap guys too, they're they're pretty much just it's kinda of, it's almost like you know what it's like? It's almost like like the guys who did the, the air shows and you know, the back in the day when they used to have those air comps and whatnot, you know, the guys that were just and the guys who were unbelievable at airs, they'll they'll just race down the line and go past like five five good sections for turns and just do one crazy air at <laughs> yeah. It's almost like that, you know, like the the guys who are riding straps are just they just look that's kind of what they're looking for, I guess. Um, they're looking for that air section because it's kind of harder to to surf a wave, um, you know, to, I guess, to surf a wave and do like calves and turns and whatnot um, with your straps, unless you're Kyle Lenny or someone where he just kind of flows it all through. <laughs> yeah. I've seen Austin and, and Mateo. I got to surf with Mateo a bunch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid yeah, he's rips. Good, kid. Yeah. yeah. He's really good. He does a lot of and really Austin's cool turns. amazing too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that's another, I guess that's another thing you never really see. Um, yeah. You never really see like a, a combination of like, you know, a flowingness of, um, you know, when people are running straps that they're kind of mainly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very generalizing, you know, there are exceptions of course, but generally if you're riding straps, you're just kind of looking for that one section. And right. I guess, I guess I just haven't really seen any footage of anyone like, you know, doing you doing like nice calves and then go, going into an air or something. It's more just like you know, look you know, look around for that one section, do an air, and that's kind of the, the one clip, I guess. I guess I just haven't seen it. So that's what hits the gram, anyways. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and, I, and I don't really know anyone, but no one around here really rides straps. So it's sort of for me. I'm only, I'm only ever seeing what's on the on the gram. <laughs> 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 I just, I watch them and it's so rad. And then I see like these wipeouts that I just want no part in as well. I know that's another thing. And actually I did my MCL, um, about three months ago. And, How's it uh, that's up? Where, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting, I mean, it's, it's pretty sweet. I went and got another MRI and sort of the physio the other day and, and he said, it's, it's 
pretty sweet. He said there just can be a bit of, you know, a bit of sort um, what's it called, a bit of um, tenderness there. Um, you know, just it's, it's been like 10, 10, 11 weeks now or something. So it can take however, you know, it can take six months to heal properly. But it's like it hasn't affected my foiling really, except to, except if I really compress it on like a foam hit or something like that. That's when it, I can kind of get a little bit of pain. But I've just been wearing that knee brace. Um, mm-hmm. Just for just for safety and and yeah, so it's but like that's another thing too. Like I, you know, I can't imagine that the you know ankle tweaks or whatever, um, right. or knee tweaks or whatever. You know, they're always so, they're always swearing so. to me that it's not as bad as as I think, but I don't know if I buy it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess like you, yeah, you don't uh, you never really hear of anyone hurting themselves though, really from straps. Yeah, like I, I haven't really. All the guys who are riding straps, they seem to just keep riding, and there's never like any gaps in there, right? Um, you know, in what they're doing. Yeah. So you have entered a school zone. <laughs> Enter the school zone. Just that's just awesome. cutting laps in my cutting laps in my neighborhood. <laughs> so I should I should say to anyone listening right now that um, Adam and I have been trying to hook up for a while, but he's got baby at the house and a super busy life, and so we decided the best time to do it would be during nap time and to drive around um, (laughs) in case your baby wakes up so that (laughs) super chill. So um, we didn't get back burnered. Adam actually made a huge concession and, and really worked to get on the show here. So it's, it's super. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I mean, we've been trying to get on for like a few months now. It's just, it's been hard. um, Let's talk tuning you know, it's been really cool to talk to you about tuning because it seems like you and I like a very similar feel and foil. So it's been, there's been a lot of signal from anything that we've talked about. Like if I didn't love the setup, I learned a lot from it. Um, what are you optimizing for when you tune a foil? Um, you mentioned the front foot feel, I a hundred percent agree, but yeah, just talk through how you like it and, and why you think that that works, like why that tuning is the best. Yeah, so I um so my biggest hate in foiling is when you you've just come off the back of a wave with heaps of speed and you just fly off this beautiful quarter pipe coming at you from behind and you pump it pump out to it heaps of speed <clears throat> you go into a nice big carve and you nose dive as you're coming out of that worst carb. thing like, ever. That is, my, <laughs> that is like my my pet hate. Like it's just the most frustrating thing ever. Yeah. So. Um, so I, the reason, yeah. So basically I've every, every foil I ride now, I tune it. So it's pushing back heaps on my front foot. So I can basically go into this carb and just lean forward as much as I can. And I know it's like my nose dive. Um, that's, that's basically the reason I tune it the way I do. Um, and, and that just means, you know, you just have to ride. And I guess that's probably has a lot to do with why my, stance has changed and i've shifted forward a lot because i'm you know basically trying to counteract that extra lift in a way even though it's not maybe extra well yeah it can be extra lift in the tail or just you know if your base plate shim you're getting the feeling of extra lift but not so much you're kind of just getting more pushback more feedback on your front foot um so yeah that's basically why like you know i'm basically everything i'm tuning now is shimming the tail one or one and a half degrees and shimming the base plate one and a half to three millimeters like with a shim so it's about 0.5 to one degree of angle of attack extra like on your front wing um that's the way 
that's what Cliffy reckons. He reckons if you put a three millimeter base plate, it's like a three millimeter shim under your back bolts, um, it equates to about one degree um, extra of angle of attack on your front wing. And it's not, it's not going to give you more, it's like it doesn't give the wing more lift. Like it's, you know, well, it kind of does, but it, it doesn't like change. It just gives you more, it changes, basically it just changes their wings angle to your deck angle. So, you know, the deck feels like it's pushing back on you, your front foot more. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I have found that a four millimeter plate shim to me equates to about an inch of Oops, box placement. Box. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, yeah, a, yeah. Th- that's about the difference in feel. And I found that because I had a board, um, that the boxes, it's actually tuned perfectly for the Takuma. It's what I ride it on mostly. Um, yeah. but for the, the game changer, I couldn't get it right. And then with heaps of base plate shim, the balance moved forward enough for it to actually feel pretty good. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, and so yeah, that, that, that's, um, that's actually, um, really interesting because I had my current JS boards I'm riding, uh, they've, the boxes have been moved forward an inch again compared to what you're riding. Okay. Um, the, the, the production models. And then I've just designed up some new ones, which are really looking unbelievable. Like the design, I mean, the design of them looks really cool. Um, and I've had him move it forward an inch again. So I'll, I'll have like two extra inches of, of box, um, which is, which will be really cool to just to see. Like it might, I wonder how much, like how far forward you have to go before it gets like too weird. <laughs> you so know, I like, found, I found that answer. <laughs> I, oh, you did? Okay. Well, it has a lot to do with the angles of rocker and yeah, uh, for sure. And, 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 and the JSs have, have no, they basically have like surfboard rocker. Right. Right. You know, like they, they're, they're not like the, the KT boards or like the, um, like Amos boards or whatever, where they've got this big, um, like flat bit, you know, well, it's not even a flat bit. It's like a net. It's like almost like a, like a wedge built in to the, whatever it is to the, where, yeah. where you'd have just traditional tail rocker. That's pretty, that's super interesting. So the one that, uh, Pedigo and I did a, a collab on one, um, yeah. called the, the MJ 12 and we built shim into it. And then I still had the same box placement and it's to the mm-hmm. point to where I'm lucky the boxes are where they are because I can almost not put the Takuma in it. Like I'm all the way back in the oh, box okay. on the Takuma. Um, and the oh, lift right, rides okay. in the middle where lift yeah, has okay. always ridden super far slammed forward in it. Yeah. And like has the JS. no lift. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Which, which is really funny. How, how those, I mean, you can kind of like, <laughs> you can kind of see um, like exactly what Kane was talking about, how he said he, they're probably tuned on an e-foil, mm-hmm. um, which was actually really interesting on that podcast, how he said that. And it makes so much sense to me how different companies tune their foils, you know, on, you know, you, if you're tuning something on an e-foil, then you're going to have basically no, lift it well you know you want to make it no angle on the tail anyway um right to to sort of because you don't you're powered by motor um yeah. and i think that's i think that's probably why do you find the um the armstrong the the 925 and the 1125 do you find them they want to nose dive a lot yeah like all the guys to, you have to shim them up a lot 
the yes yeah, so for me on the armstrong i'm plate shimming and tail shimming and most of the guys that ride armstrong around me are all negative yeah. two shimming them now yeah which is giving, more lift like yeah more lift yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so i I, re- I reckon it's because they're being tuned on on the wingdings like they're mm-hmm. just tuning those you know they're, they're mainly you know that's their whole thing is like army is just like he's a wingding guy or like a kite guy or whatever so, you know, you can see that he's probably tuned a lot of their stuff because, you know, they just got power so they can just ride in a straight line and figure out, you know, the tuning of it all, I guess. And and I guess with those wings too, if you had heaps of lift in them at high speeds it, with a wingding, it would be terrible, <laughs> you know, because they're, they're, they're so fast. So it's like you, you kind of want, yeah. And so I guess it, it just depends on like the designers and what they're, you know, what they're, tu- what they're making the wings for and what they're tuning them for. hundred um, percent. That's one of the biggest so, frustrations that I have is when you can't adjust angle of attack for oh, the yeah. tail because it's like yeah. maybe Nick wanted to use the foil for something differently than I want to use it for, but now I'm locked yeah, into exactly. that field. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. But then, that, that, but then like how's when you put that, that um, foil parts adapter on that, on the lift. Lights it up. <laughs> like literally changes the whole foil. It's crazy. It's so good. It makes it it makes it even better. Yeah. It's just with a with a cane tail. It's just like it's like and actually what I found too is that um we, especially with that one twenty um oh, back in the school zone. Here we go. Just another. <laughs> You're driving loops right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just pretty much doing laps, so I don't have to stop <laughs> going through the neighborhood. Um. Yeah, so what I found with that 120 is that um, with the with the foil parts adapter and a cane tail with a plus one a plus one shim and a base plate shim, um, I, I've gotten it where I can ride it a little bit back in my boxes, so I'm not jammed all the way forward. And it and this goes back to like what you like about tuning. I mean, I guess we're still talking about tuning, but um, it 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 for me it makes the stall speed lower in that mm. 120 i don't know if you if you get that as well but i, I find I, the stall get, speed is a lot lower with the blunt tail yeah the, with yeah. the blunt tail a shim and a base plate shim it, yep. it almost makes it like it's it's weird it makes it sit up like cuz cuz it's pushing back so much on your front foot i i kind of describe it as it feels like you're riding a banana I don't know if that makes, it's a yeah. weird thing, but it basically like rocks like a banana. So instead of, instead of it being like flat, it, where you go to pump and it just stalls from under you, it kind of pushes back enough for you to get that pump in because that's, that's the problem when you're riding at low speeds on those little wings is you go to pump and there's, and, and there's no pushback, you know, there's nothing pushing back. So you literally just like stall and you drop out of the, you know, drop out mm-hmm. of the sky. But by bait, by base plate shimming it, putting angle in the tail, um, and getting it in the right spot on your boxes, it it make it, the pushback actually makes the low speed like way lower, like the sorry the stall speed way lower. So I, I found I can ride that lift one twenty really slow and not stall. That's cool. I'll, I'll is, play with that again. Really, yeah, which has been really cool because there's yeah there's nothing worse than you know pumping all that back and then stalling having to paddle in. <laughs> I find, and maybe you find this too, that cord and tails helps a lot 
in for I think yeah, for bigger, what? heavier riders for something to push on yeah. in the pump. Like I will stall yeah, out. Blunt's good. Yeah, exactly. I stall out small tails. Even on like the 1210, I can feel smaller tails, like the KD13, which I love. That's a good tail. But I can feel yeah. that slipping through if I get into turbulent water, like a lot of current going with me. So you're really close to stall speed. I can feel that slipping on the pump. And then you just have to be yeah, a little yeah. bit careful. The 1210 gives you a lot of time to build it back. But on the on the 120, yeah. it's just gone. Yeah, that's the worst feeling eh, when you feel it slipping. Yeah. And you got to be like super careful with your pump. Yep. Those but tiny yeah, little... I found, that, I, I found, yeah, by shimming that, um, yeah, shimming the, using that blunt tail, even on even like using the the um the thirteen just his Kane's thirteen tail all that Takuma um the sorry the the Kajira yeah the Kajira one seventy eight um like that has a ton of lift as well um yeah like shimming those tails and shimming the base plate um on that one twenty is like makes the foil like so much better and it's just yeah. Way that's I recommend that if anyone has those foils to get on to get one of those adapters. Please obey all traffic regulations. Good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I've been uh, I've been testing the Cabrina 800 this week, which uh, is yes. a very yes, cool I... foil in that it is incredibly similar to the Lift 120, but I think it's yep. the Lift 120 essentially conceived through Kiahi's eyes. Like I don't know if that's has anything to do with yeah. how it was designed, but that's kind of what it looks like to me. Like great minds think yeah. alike. So, but yeah, yeah, it totally. is, it's really interesting. So the fuse is long on it. The tail that it comes with yeah. stock is a 16, but really small. It's like a 180. It's a really small tail. Okay. Um, yeah, right. And you cannot tune the tail at all. It's a, it's a fixed tail fused connection, which like, like I, lift. Yep. Like lift. And yeah. I've suggested that they, they do that. I think everyone needs to at least produce well, a fuse well, adapter. Yeah. Yeah. Well that that's, and that's like, you can see it again. Like it's obviously been tested on like kiting gear, you know? Right. So like it's, and they just set it for like a certain thing. Yep. Yep. Because so, that, because that's not really, is that a surf foil or is it a kite foil? I think it's a surf. I think they're pitching it as an all around foil and it's really good in the surf, ah. except that. Okay. It is, it's, it's interesting. So I chopped, I have two of the tails and I chopped one down to a 12 and it yeah. pumps surprisingly better than the 16. Okay. As in, is, are you talking about 12, 12 inches, inches. Like span? Yeah. yeah 12, 12 inch span from span. a 16 pumps way better. Gotcha. You can keep it in the speed range a lot and they both pump great. They're both easier to pump. I would say than the lift 120. it's got a little bit more profile on the foil. It seems to have a little bit lower stall speed. Um, yeah, okay. and then what I, what I played with this week was because I couldn't tune it to get the feel that I wanted, I started really playing with foot position to get the feel that I wanted. Yeah, okay. And okay. so it was super interesting in that from a pump to surfing to get the feel I want, I'm moving my front foot back about three inches. So like right before yeah. the connection turn, I'm sliding way back and then yeah, okay. I'm getting that, that front that's, foot that, lift. That, yeah. So that stops it from nose diving. Yeah, it does. Like you're, you're, if you if you if you keep it in the same spot, you have to um like it'll nosedive because like if you're in your natural yep. spot, like in your natural stance. So so what? So would you then prefer to have an extra inch of box to to not have to change your stance? No, because it's already pretty darn far up for okay. for where it is. It, it got really yeah. weird. It got I don't know the feeling that I would say, but it's almost like a knifey feeling where when it was too far forward, 
you'd go to turn and like the the swing weight of the board or something, it would just kind of like dive. Not it, the nose wouldn't dive out, but it would just kind of like um I don't know, like snap into the turn. It was really hard to yeah, get a rail yeah. turn out of it when it was too far oh, forward. Yeah. Have have you felt that before? Um I don't know. I haven't yeah, not really. Because I I guess I are you are you riding in the JS? Um, uh, no, I was riding it in the MJ 12, which is tuned very well for the lift. And so that's why I was riding it in that. Okay. I, I find um, that like, um, those little wings for me, like boards with no swing weight and the JS is a little yeah. bit heavier, which I love for yeah. what I do on it. Right. Like it's good yeah. on like hitting foam and like, it's the best board. Like I like the rocker under the lot too. in the foam, it's like, like yeah. you can carve on that board, but I like the lighter boards when I ride those really small wings because I feel like they pump better. Yeah, 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 sweet. I don't know if that makes sense, but have you played yeah, around yeah, with different no, board constructions, sure. like different nah, weights on your nah. boards, different swing weights? Um, not, not, not with the JSs, but I definitely un- understand. Like, I, yeah, for, I mean, I guess these, well, I guess all the protos I get are pretty light. Um, I don't know if they change that for the um the production boards but i guess also i'm riding i'm riding like pretty small versions like mm-hmm. four two four three um 25 liters so you know there's like less fun like less weight i guess but i, I, should... I definitely notice i definitely notice if i get on one of the other guys you know if we swap foils mid mid session or whatever and i you can yeah you can definitely feel the swing weight um is is annoying it's annoying on a heavier board Yeah, exactly. For sure. And I would say that the JS is by no means heavy. I think it comes in at like six pounds. It's just like the last couple that we've done come in at like four pounds and all the weights in the back of the board. But I like that weight in the front of the board for like, I think that's what really unlocks like the whole like foam game is having a board that like has enough inertia to stay on your feet through it. Cause like the light boards tend to fly away and it's hard to feel them. Yeah, so you got you got the four four, hey? The JS. That's what I'm riding now. Yeah, 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 sweet. And it and it feels a lot better than the four six. Yeah, I like it more than the four six, except for two times when it's big. I, yeah. it's harder to get in on, and so it's yeah, like totally. I'm, I'm wishing yeah, I still yeah. had my four six a couple times on that. Yeah, and then when like some of like the times when you're like hitting the lips, a lot of times I'll try to catch the nose on the foam. And there's just not yeah. as much nose there. So it's a little, I had to change how I do that a little bit, but, um, okay. It's actually, can, that's really interesting because I, um, I went, when we do this, this round of photos I'm writing now, like I've got a four, two and a four, three, um, I got him to take off like two inches or an inch, um, because I didn't like, um, when you were coming out of like a rebound or out of a, like a really sort of steep turn, um, you know, if you go for a roundhouse, but you don't quite do a um, like a hit on the foam or whatever. Um, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like nose diving. Like if you mm-hmm. kind of, you know, so we took like an inch or two off to try and stop that because there's less board for it to catch um, as you're coming down. Yep. So because I was like, I was like, I said, can we put a bit more nose rockery? And he's like, oh, I might not paddle very good though if you like make it more nose rockery. So. Um, so we just took two inches off and seems to, seems to work great in sort of rebounds and whatnot. Um, um but the, yeah, but the next, the next 
these next protos I've got, I've, I've put, um, I, I don't know if you saw that post I did the other day, how, um, about pulling oh, in yeah. the tail on the boards. Um, yeah. So that was like really cool when I, when I watched that back, you know, it's these really cool to see the, um, the, you know, the, like I said in the, in the comments, like that it's good to see the actual idea of like come to life in a sense, you know? And, um, so these next ones I've done, I've actually pulled the tail in even more, but I've put like a flyer in it. So it's like a, um, you know, it's like a, an, um, old school, like twin or what a single fin, you know, how they have the full, like, like sharp edge that comes in and then it goes even thinner. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's pretty, pretty exciting. And, I, and I've actually, what I've done with that too, is I've dropped the, the boxes, um, the back of the boxes, I've dropped them down about another four or five mils. So, um, it'll, it's, it's essentially like building that shim into it, you know, like how, like most of the foil boards are made these days. So, so you're, um, you're keeping the rocker, but then angling the boxes a little, how, how are you doing that? Yeah. 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 So we're just, we're just dropping the, um, rocker a little bit more. So it's like the tail rocker just so. I gotcha. So, so we don't have to base plate shim as much. Gotcha. That's so kind of like, you know, it's, so that's kind of built in. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that then changes like where you want the foil. We put a lot of it in yeah. to the one that we did yeah. and then it really changed like where I like the foil in the box. And so like certain foils I don't like on it. Others are really good. It was, it yeah. was cool. Um, yeah. 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 No, it'd be cool. That's awesome. So let's talk like more general foiling these, you know, it's been a long year with the pandemic and the whole thing. How has the sport? I feel like this, I feel like this year is worse than last year. (laughs) For you guys, I think it is, man. For for us, it's been so much worse. It's been crazy. I mean, I live in Florida where they just said, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. I reckon. (laughs) And then everybody got COVID. what's up, eh? (laughs) Uh, you know, I hope it's proven right. And there's not some like terrible long-term side effect of the virus. Like, but otherwise yeah. it's like normal life here now. It's yeah, unreal. No. Well, but, I've actually got a couple of friends who moved there because they needed to get out of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, it's just crazy here. I think the play right now is just to buy as much real estate in Florida as you possibly can. <laughs> I feel well, like yeah. everyone's going to be coming this way. Um, yeah, but how's it been there for you? And like, what is the foil community like in your area? How has it changed over the last year, given that the sport is growing, but then COVID and the whole thing? Yeah. I mean, it's actually been crazy. Like with COVID, you know, like a lot of this, we've been, we've been locked down most of this year, like our New South Wales and Victoria, this has been way worse than last year in terms of um, like restrictions and, and, you know, lockdowns and whatever. Um, so I guess a lot, and, and like our government's really good. Like they just give, they just give out money. Like there's no tomorrow. Like everyone's on like a full on, basically a, like a salary off the government. If you can't work, you just get, you just get money from the government every week. Just so people are just going out and buying surfboards and foils and foil boards and just going surfing. Just pretty much getting paid to surf. Like people like everybody's you know, a pro surfer. <laughs> literally, literally on the on the on the, like the paid the paid for foiling or surfing program is for you know three or four months of this year. So I feel in my where I live anyway. Um, and I guess like you know a lot of people are you know 
a lot of good surfers are really, you know, we've seen a lot of John John and Nate Florence doing, you know, hosting stuff. And yeah, it's just like a lot of good surfers who are getting super keen on it. Um, so it's, you know, just the awareness and whatnot. Um, but yeah, our little zone's growing. Like the other day, like the, the, the river mouth that we always um, tow, like which is, you know, a lot of my clips, um, just it's just the Ballina bar. Um, we paddle it as well. On, on, a, on a good day, there'll be normally, you know, maybe three or four guys out. And, like, the other day, there was probably, like, 15 guys out, like, on foils. It was, but it was just so sick because everyone was just frothing and just cheering each other on. It was just party waves and, you know, you're getting, like, five, 600-meter rides and just and the tide just sucks you back out. It's, you know, it's all, all cruisy. But, yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely growing. In the last year, for us in Australia, I think it's really blown up a lot because – people haven't had anything to do. They haven't been working and they've just been surfing. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But I think, I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, good surfers coming on board and, and creating awareness um, is definitely helping. Like I, I took, um, you, you remember D- Dean Morrison, Dingo? Yeah. Um, yeah. I took him out the other day and, um, and he was just, like losing it like he, he's already had a few goes so he can he can foil but um yeah he took him out and he was just so hooked and you know armstrong sent him a bunch of gear and um oh, and like sick. same and same with like you know ryan he put like armstrong sent him a bunch of gear so he's been going mad and he he like caught, you know messages me once a week oh i'm coming down to what he goes like no let's go for a session and he's just super keen so when hippo's not chasing you know 30 foot shippies monsters he's uh chasing one foot what he goes um rides <laughs> so rad Dean just started following me on instagram and i was so stoked man i just grew up watching that oh, guy serve. yeah yeah that's it yeah i think i was telling him about you actually um the other day that's probably why i went check well, you that's out so that's pretty yeah yeah he's um he's like just like losing it like just he, you know it's like that's those first few times when you get those long glides and you're you know doing turns and you're just like going so fast like you know compared to surfing and you know yeah he's he's been a pro surfer his whole life but just to get that little kid froth back again you know it's just really cool to see <laughs> it's better than that you know what's crazy yeah. man and i think you're in the same boat too and and pedigo and i talk about this all the time it's like i'm two and a half years into the sport and i think i love it now more than i loved it a year ago when i didn't think it was possible oh, yeah. to love it anymore it's like it just 100%. continues to get better right at yeah, what point? Yeah. At what point is that going to stop? I, I hope it doesn't ever. But well, so it's good. like just yeah, and it's just like the, the just the, the technology and the designs are just just evolving so quick that there's always something exciting coming out. Like you know, like or you know, like I mean, no one's got the bikers yet, but like that was you know exciting, and then you know they're coming out soon. But then you know the Lift One Twenty comes out, then you got this Cabrina Eight Hundred, and and before that was the uh, you know the Armstrong twelve fifty, like that was just blowing people's minds, and you know there's just so many new new cool designs coming out from all the companies, and so there's always like something cool to ride, and and which will bring some sort of unique feeling which you probably haven't had before, or like you've had it but you haven't had it as good as that. So it's like enhances that you know that stoke, and yeah, I'm I'm like the same as you. I, I started in in March two thousand and what is that 2019 so i'm um, yeah two i'm about we must have started at the same time about two and a half years in as well yeah 
and um and I still haven't surfed since I started. <laughs> two, 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 two and a half years. So, I've surfed a couple I, I can't of times. See my, yeah, I can't see myself ever going surfing again. Really, I even went to I went down to the um the wave pool in Melbourne. And I didn't even surf it. I foiled it. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. How was it? It was so sick. We had like a big festival down there. Um, like my, my mates, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's um, a big DJ named Fisher. Uh-huh. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he was like headlining this big show down there. So um, he got me on the, on the build it sort of warm. I like supported him. Play, I played earlier in the day had on his stage and um, he just invited like all of our mates down and we all stayed at like the, you know, the Crown Casino Hotel and um, it was just like this mad two-day like party and they had this like two-day festival and, and um, yeah, because like he was like the main headline act, they, they gave him um, like they gave us, well, they gave us the wave pool for three hours, just like oh, for 20 so of us. Sick. So we had like, yeah, two, we had like the left and the right for like three hours and, and um, yeah, it was just, it's just so it was just the whole weekend it was like done by this company called for the love and they put on these like mad like festivals and um yeah the whole this experience was just you know unbelievable just going we were surfing at night like you know surfing at night and then the next day it was like a daytime festival into the night and then we went out to melbourne and just went to all the mad clubs it was just like just, just <laughs> the best time ever we let, let, left our left our kid at, at home with my parents so it was just me and the wife going mad who he's in the Melbourne in the city. It's <laughs> pretty, pretty it's sick. Rad. And that's why Australia's locked down again. Pretty much, yeah. I feel like we're <laughs> nah, never, like never going to be not locked down, eh? It's just crazy. <laughs> Talk about but, uh, your spots there, man. Like, that's one of the things in your videos. It's like, dude, you've got some foil-tastic spots near you. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I, it's, it's actually like, that, and that's the reason why I haven't surfed. I mean, there's like, it's obviously really like this, you know, I live right next, basically like 10 minutes from Lennox point, like Lennox head. Like it's one of the you know best waves in the world when, on its day. Um, but just, uh, it's not, you know, it's only, it's not good all the time, but um, it's always good here for foiling. Like literally there's not one day that goes by where you can't get a really fun session like if it, in any swell like and we get a lot of swell here it's like pretty much the most easily point in australia so we get any every bit of swell we you know picks up every bit of swell if it's flat like might be flat on the gold coast which is an hour north but it's you know three foot here because we just cop every bit of south swell and yeah so you got you got wadi goes which is like byron bay which is the most easterly point in australia that's actually the what like where we take off is literally the most easterly point in australia and that's just like a crazy long, you know, just massive bay, but with like just kind of sand, sand spit bombies like the whole way down. And then it goes down into the pass, which is like more of like a rural edge point break. But what he goes is just like a whole bunch of sand bombies like in this big bay. And so you just chip in off the top and then it's just, it's just lumped, you know, it's like a, probably like a, a, a yeah, probably a mile about a mile or a bit over a mile ride every time, you know, like a three minute ride. Um, and you just come in and walk back, like come in at the bottom of the point and just walk back. It takes you about seven or eight minutes to walk back and then just do as many laps as your legs can handle. Pretty much. Unreal. And, and then, yeah, there's the bar, the Ballina bar, which is like 
I love that toe stuff that, um, you know, with the rock walls in the background. Um, and then yet that you can paddle that or you can tow that because it's got a set shallow sandbar at the back. And then that goes into like the bridge there where, um, like there's like a little sort of a wave that breaks in front of this little bridge. Um, that's like way inside the river and that that's always breaking too, because it's really, it's a pretty shallow river. So there's sort of always waves in there on most, as long as there's a bit of East in the swell, it, it gets in there. Um, and then there's just like, you know, just your beach breaks, which are just good on small days. It picks up a lot of swell and there's just like so many, so many options. If it's like, because if it's, if it's massive too, if it's like a massive South swell, you go to what he goes, because it, it, all the swell just goes past like, kind of past the point and because it, it bends it bends around a while like it's a really like sharp day um so then you get you know leftover trickles of of swell that run down that's perfect for foiling um so yeah pretty much and then there's like the river is like good in the when it's a north wind and a north swell is like good in a northerly because the rock wall there like the jet, the jetty thing that that you know is kind of makes it offshore in in the opposite direction of swell and wind um and that's where that's where we uh, like just right near where that river is is where we do those downwinders because um, the way that coast angles too in a northerly just the swell just runs parallel so you're chipping in the shore and then just pump out into the wind line and it's just like you're just riding like winds you know waist high wind swell straight to the basically to the to the jetty and then you just come in before the jetty and yeah it's like four four kilometers so it's probably like what is that three miles or something. Is that that yeah, offshore run that you do? You did on yeah, you did some run on yeah. that big day, which looks kind of yeah. hectic. Like you looked pretty far out at sea there. Yeah, yeah, that drone stuff I put up. Uh, no, yeah. I think it was. I think it was a uh, GoPro footage, like pretty oh, big that, launch, yeah, no, that, like, no, that was. Yeah, that, that was. Um, that was the. That was like going. That's another option too. Is that 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 was at Wadi Go? That was just taking off. That was a huge swell, like a big south swell, and you just take off like inside the rocks where there's like, you know, there's like these massive south swells going past, and then just pump out into those into that swell line, and then I literally went across the bay, and that was like a four mile run, like straight across the bay. Um, that looks pretty gnarly. Like down to like, yeah, down to like Byron Bay, like where the pub is on the on the beach there. It's it's like you go and basically down, but like, you go down one point break, which is what he goes, and then you go like down another point break, which is the pass, like in Byron Bay. So yeah, but you kind of just weigh out in the, in the middle because there's just crazy bumps out there. That looks ridiculously yeah, that's fast. Another, that's another, yeah, that's another option too. So there's this sort of all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> yeah, actually, the other day was the other day was a funny story. The other day, my um, Luke, my mate Luke and I, we were um, just dicking around. We were doing a northerly, uh, doing a downwinder on a northerly, and we were just mucking around. And then we were like, oh, there was this big like cloud, this big like storm, like that. It was like blowing northerly, so we were, you know, going down to the rock wall, and um, and we, you know, we got up and running. It was all good, and and he he was um, actually he couldn't get away for a bit, so he was like a bit behind me. But then we, um, I was like, just going I'm like, fuck, this storm's coming in like so hot right now, and it started like going offshore. Like it started like the wind started turning from like blowing like from behind me, like just blowing me it's down the amazing. beach, and it, and it started going like semi offshore like you know and it's the wind started swinging and then i went, I went past this hammerhead shark like almost like <laughs> sashimi sashimi this hammerhead shark and and then the wind swung around to like the southwest which is like complete almost a complete opposite direction so i was just like foiling into the wind and oh. i was like you know i was about 
half a mile off off the shore, and I'd just gone past this hammerhead, and I was just came off foil. I just I just got blown off foil, and I was just like shooting myself. I was like, oh, I got to get back to shore, and this like apocalypse storm was coming in, and I was just like never paddled so hard. It was all dark, like it was just so gloomy, and I was like, it was just so I was I can't believe that. Uh, and I'm, I, I was probably like 500 meters from where I needed to be, um, but I just couldn't get in because it was like it went fully offshore. So I, like I, I was like, you know, like it's like when you go foiling on a real offshore day and you, you know, kind of blows you off the waves. Yeah. And I was just like, far out, man. That was just the sketchiest sort of thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. I passed a big shark. This. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say I needed this, the jet ski assist. Yeah, uh, I passed. Yeah, you know, Last two days, I've seen sharks on foil. Um, mm. Little one last night, and then a pretty good one this morning. We were up at that spot where, like, I, that video was yeah, yesterday. On the shoals. Yeah, on the shoals. shoals. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was really small today. It was hard to get a chip out the back. I was out there with a buddy, and so I finally got a chip, and he was out there by himself. And then I caught one, and I was like pumping back over to what we call Malibu. It's this like long right, past a good mm. shark on the way. So I get over mm. there. I'm like. Well, should I tell my buddy? Cause there's nothing he can do. You know, so I yeah. told him when he got back. Cause he was just sat. Oh, like he, Cause he was just sitting out there waiting. Right. I, I figured there's no reason yeah. to just tell him. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Panic him. <laughs> yeah. Felt, I felt bad, but. Is that, is that, um, is that those shows where, where Pedigo did that loony like launch where he just went no. all over the joint? So I live kind of like on a series of like Island changes. And on, on one side, you've got the shoals that we were at yesterday. And then on the other yeah. side, you've got the shoal where he shot that crazy launch. So it was like, <laughs> there's funny. two inlets. That was so funny, that launch. Oh God. Yeah. That, that was classic. That kid charges, bro. He just sends it. <laughs> oh no. I mean, I mean, Pettigo when Pettigo yeah. did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that what I'm saying. Ago. He just oh, sends it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, right. I, I thought you were talking about Austin. Yeah, he did that crazy one too. Oh, yeah. That was it. That was at the one on the north side. Uh, Pedagos was on the, okay. on the south side. They're about, a, I don't yeah. know, 45 minutes apart. And I live like right yeah, in the cool. middle. It's pretty dope. That's it. Yeah, you got a good little gang over there, hey? We do, man. It was actually really funny. We went up uh, on Saturday to like the Shoals and like there was like 14 guys out, 13 guys out. Yeah. Like, I've never seen this no, before. Is it, hey? That's so funny. It's like, it's, it's actually like, it's funny because you know, you get, you, you start foiling like, and, and one of the bonuses is like getting away from crowds and it's, and you get all like stoked when it, you know, when there's other crew for, you know, whatever, but it's going to get to a point where like everyone gets good, you know, cause right. It's, right now there's like, there's like 14 guys out, but there's probably like three or four of you that are actually pumping around and, you know, like kind of, it's it's no problem for you guys and then everyone else is maybe just learning or they're just sort of you know able to pump and connect one but but when everyone can like pump and connect you know four or five waves each it's it's going to get annoying <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just going to be guys in the it's going to it's going to be crowded again you know <laughs> the good news is is that we basically have like 10 miles of sandbars that are yeah, all basically totally. the same except for those yeah. those inlets those inlets are going to get crowded it's going to yeah. be funny uh, yeah, even like the other day when I was t- talking about that the bar, like you know there was fifteen of us out, but there was probably like five or six of us that are no- normally out there, and then a bunch of guys that are kind of learning or um, right. you know just have that you know a couple of guys first time out there, so they didn't know what to expect, and and it was like, and even then it was like kind of 
crowded where there was like, you know, guys kind of in the way and oh, like, you know, just, just not in the way, but just kind of when you want to do turns in a certain spot and there's someone just sitting there or whatever, you know? Right. And, um, and I was like, man, this is like kind of the first time I was like, this is kind of crowded. Like, and I, I've never thought I'd really, I've never had that before where I'm like, oh, this isn't like kind of almost annoying. <laughs> right. Right. Because normally it's like never annoying, you know, normally it's like you and, and even if there's like, even if you are foiling on a bank of, but this guy's longboarding, whatever, it's like, you normally can just get around them and it's kind of sweet and there's no one taking your waves or anything. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, it's pretty funny. It's funny. It's so one many of the, people are getting into it. It's one of the things we're going to start having to think about is who has priority when. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah you exactly. know, it's like, if you're pumping back out and there's the sickest section ever, and then there's a guy who wants to take off on the shoulder of that section, who gets it, you uh, know, like. I know, and it's hard because if it's like if it's inconsistent too, then you kind of feel bad for like right. taking the next wave. Yep. And that poor guy might sit there for twenty minutes again after if he lets you, have, you know, if he doesn't go it. <laughs> yeah. Then <laughs> <laughs> you're just like connecting out waves. <laughs> yeah, I usually just let everybody go, but every once in a while, there's that one section you really want to hit. And you're like, I know. maybe you'll call somebody off. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the times like people realize too they they they'll just give way if they if they can see it's going to be a good one yeah i think you have to be a pretty decent foiler though to tell it's going to be a good one that's what i'm finding yeah, I suppose. That's it's true. A, guys who don't really know yet what like a section is to hit or something like that they don't really yeah. realize that there's value in that maybe um, totally but um, it's good mate, i've got to, i've got to, i've got to wrap this up soon so is there anything else you wanted to talk about quickly um, no, man, we covered a lot of ground. Like what, what do you want to leave folks with? What's been on your mind that you have not, that we haven't talked about? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess like what, like what, what I said at the start is like, um, what I've learned is, is like, just, yeah, try like ride as much gear as you can. Um, and, and don't be scared to ride, you know, smaller wings, especially like the newer stuff that's coming out. Um, and, and, and also like persist with it too, like tune it if you can, like shim, but, you know, I think base, like base plate shimming and, um, and shimming, like any kind of shimming is, is like really a good thing to explore because it can change, you know, change the whole feeling of foil and make it so much better. How long does it take you to tune a setup? I think it's Um, underestimated how long it takes. Yeah, I mean, probably like, probably just uh, like a, a whole session where I'll, yeah. you know, I'll like, I literally will like take my tool bag down with shims and different tails and whatever, and I'll and I'll just get. I mean, I guess I've got a pretty good feeling where I can like literally ride one wave and feel that it doesn't feel good or it feels or it does feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, you know, I, I, yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll normally just get. I mean, and I'll, I've got I've got good weight. Like you know, I'll go to what he goes and I'll get a three minute ride where I can do you know, 15, 20 calves and pump around, pump back out. And I can kind of feel it straight away because I've got three minutes of ride time on that setup, you know, on that one tuning. And then I'm like, and then on the, I, I, do, I normally just like do change on the laps. Like I'll do, you know, I'll do one lap with one setup and then I'll be like, okay, yeah, that felt like that. And then I'll, I might put a bigger shim in or a smaller shim or base plate or whatever or, or change the tail. And then I'll do like, you know, one more lap with like a different variation of it and then one more lap. And then I'll, 
kind of come back to it and I'll go back to what I felt the best and then I'll kind of just settle on that. Kind of just do it in one session, I guess. Yeah. Um, I find that though, like you can get it pretty close for me anyways, probably not quite as nuanced or as, as don't feel it quite as much as you do, but, um, in one session I can get really close, but then to get that yeah. last like little bit can take me a while. Like yeah, when you're talking okay. about quarter inch movements or half degree, mm. quarter degree shims, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, actually, you know, you know what really helps with this? Um, I got a set of those, um, hydrofoil wing nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has been like so good for tuning stuff. And especially if you're on the jet ski, um, or if you're out towing or whatever, and you like, you've, you know, you might not have towed for or like ridden that tow wing or whatever for a while. Um, it's, it's so helpful because you can just, you know, with literally a twist of the nut or for, you know, four twists and you can move that base plate around like instantly and then tighten it back up. And it's so quick to change stuff without having to carry like a tool around and worry about dropping it in the water and whatever. So yeah, if you, if you want to, yeah, shout out to, um, I think his name's Scott, um, from hydrofoil wing, uh, what is it? Hydrofoil wing nuts. I think it is on the Insta. Uh, super handy to, um, tune stuff for sure. Check him out. Killer. Adam, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's been great to chat, mate, and, um, go over it all and we should do it again sooner for sure. But, um, yeah. Let me get on uh, the, uh, when I get so? some feels on the Viper. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Let's do it again after that. that. That'd be really fun. A couple months. Yeah, that would be sick. Sounds yeah. good. Epic brother. All right, mate. Have, have a good night, mate. And I'll uh, chat to you probably in about half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll text. Yeah. <laughs> See you, mate. Later. <laughs>